Good morning, good morning. My name is Terrence Little, and I serve here as one of the pastors at our McLean Presbyterian Church. I'm glad to be here today, and I'm glad all of you all are here today as well. Today we continue in our sermon series through the book of Proverbs, and today's topic is wealth. Today's topic is wealth. And I must begin with a disclaimer, a confession, speak totally from the heart, important information before we dive into our topic today. I am by no means an expert on the topic of wealth, riches, and money. I want you to know that at the outset. I stand in great humility before you today as I am still learning how to wisely utilize money. But we do have lessons to learn from God about wealth, no matter your financial situation, no matter your age. Today we learn from the Word of God by way of three questions and one concluding question and instruction from King Jesus himself. Let's pray together as we begin. Our Father and our God, teach and feed our souls from the bread of life and nourish and transform our thinking, feeling, decisions, and actions in every way. But particularly, we pray today regarding wealth in order that we might live, God, for your glory and your kingdom in all that we do and say. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our first question is what is wealth? Our first question is what is wealth? For me, the first thing that comes to mind is money, dollars and cents, riches, the haves versus the haves less. Wealth is the, and that was a joke, um, wealth, is the, wealth is the abundance of things that are considered of tremendous worth and value. You can be wealthy in a number of ways. Real estate, money, gold, silver, stocks, possessions, business. We use wealth and money to purchase things. And when I was a kid, I wanted money for a very, very important thing, or rather some very important things, and this is what they were. I wanted money so that I could buy candy, bubble gum, toys, comic books, and yes, soda as well. My siblings and I used to watch a cartoon in the afternoons called DuckTales. How many of you ever heard of DuckTales? I love DuckTales. DuckTales was about the life of an extremely rich duck named Scrooge McDuck. And when the show came on and the theme song, you know, was playing, the TV showed this huge, huge vault Ceiling goes up for hundreds and hundreds of feet, just cavernous. And the vault is filled with gold coins, diamonds, bags of money. And Scrooge McDuck, you know what he was doing? He was swimming in those gold coins just like he was at the swimming pool. Needless to say, I wanted to be Scrooge McDuck for at least one day. I remember riding along in the car with my parents and, you know, they would play the radio. And I remember one song in particular that would come on called, I Want to Be Rich. 
And I thought I'd quote a few lines for you this morning. Cold cash, that's what I need. The bill collectors, they ring my phone. They bother me when I'm not at home. Ain't got no time to be fooling around. Feet hit the floor and I can't slow down. You see, I want money. Lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. I want to be rich. I want money, lots and lots of money. So don't be asking me why. I want to be rich. I want to be rich, full of love, peace, and happiness. I want my cake, want to eat it too. I want the stars and the silver moon. And the refrain goes on and on. I want to be rich. Pastor Matt Litson shared some information with me this week about wealth and the D.C. metro area that I'm sure some of you may already be aware of. Did you know that of the top 15 richest counties per capita in the United States, five of those counties are right around us? They're right around us. Excuse me. Arlington County is number seven. Howard County in Maryland is number six. Fairfax County is number five, Falls Church is number two, and Loudoun County is number one. We live in the wealthiest part of the United States per capita. By and large, the communities that you and I live in and those in our geographical area have an abundance of wealth. Should that concern us? Should that concern us? Should that have an effect on us as a church and as individuals? Well, I suggest to you today the Bible would say yes. Let me change that. The Bible does say yes. (laughs) Proverbs has lots to say about money, riches, and wealth. Have you ever considered why? Why? Well, God cares about how you and I use earn, save, invest, and spend money. Why? Why does God care? Because money and wealth affects our worship. It affects our worship. And worship is a matter of our hearts. That's going to be a refrain throughout this message today. Our hearts. God wants your heart, and he wants my heart. As I said, we'll revisit this a little later, but I want to mention it here first at the beginning. Proverbs addresses your heart and my heart, and today, God, he's got us looking at wealth and us. I want to begin by saying Proverbs begins by giving, excuse me, Proverbs gives us perspective on wealth. Proverbs gives us perspective on wealth. In Proverbs 22, verse 2, we read, The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. The origin of all people, regardless of color, ethnicity, male or female, rich or poor, is the almighty God of the Bible and the universe. He rules over all of us. No one is better than or ranks higher than or is superior to anyone standing in this universe of God Almighty. God is the creator and we are the creatures. 
Proverbs 14 verse 20 gives us more perspective about a reality that we see more often than not. Proverbs 14 20 says, the poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. We all know that reality. Wealth can change how we look at people and how we treat people. And that's not good. That's not good. There are some things, you all, that we must be cautious of concerning wealth. And this leads to the second question this morning. What are the dangers of wealth? Number two, what are the dangers of wealth? Before answering that question, it's important for you to know it's not wrong, it's not a sin to have money. It's not a sin to be wealthy or to be rich. That's not wrong in and of itself. King Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God gave him the greatest wisdom. But he also gave him great wealth. It's not a sin to have wealth. I want you to hear that. But the Bible does provide stern warnings about the dangers of wealth. Proverbs provides us with needed counsel on the dangers and pitfalls that often accompany the possession of wealth. We have four warnings to consider under what are the dangers of wealth. Warning number one, beware the danger of dishonest gain. Warning number one, beware the danger of dishonest gain. Proverbs 10 verse two teaches us, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 21 verse six says, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. You well know that people are often scammed, manipulated, and used so that money can be made from them or by them. Well do I remember the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme that hit the news in 2008. Madoff was a successful, well-respected financial businessman early on who was arrested in 2008 for committing fraud amounting over $50 billion dollars. He was given a prison, prison sentence of 150 years. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Warning number two, fight the vice of laziness and sloth. Warning two, fight the vice of laziness and sloth. Last week, Pastor Ryan preached about the ant and the sluggard. The ant had its needs, why? Because it worked diligently to prepare and save for the winter, but the sluggard did not, and his life resulted in great lack. Thus, Proverbs chapter 10, verse four warns a slack hand causes poverty. The hand of the diligent makes rich. The lazy life will leave us unprepared in the day of need. Warning number three, 
Resist the lie of greed, selfishness, and stinginess. Warning number three, resist the lie of greed, selfishness, and stinginess. We all know stingy people, don't we? (laughs) We all have tasted greediness, and we all know our own selfish tendencies, especially when it comes to our stuff. Just the other day, uh, Pastor Rob Yancey asked me to use my truck. No one has driven that truck since I purchased it last year except for me. Not my mother, brother, sister, no one, not even Rob. And I said, dear brother, I'm trusting you (laughs) with the truck. But my point being, even I, oh yes me, can be selfish with stuff. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Proverbs 28, verse 22, a stingy man hastens after wealth, does not know that poverty will come upon him. When we withhold assistance to others, when they are really standing in need of help, because we want to keep a concrete grip on our stuff, and here it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire, thousandaire, hundredaire, or if it's your last five dollars. We are being stingy and greedy and selfish. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Greed and stinginess reveal something about us, something about our hearts that is not godly or loving. Warning number four, warning number four, Abandon the idolatry of riches. Abandon the idolatry of riches. We are idol factories. We are idol factories. We are designed by God to worship. Do you ever ever think about that? We are designed to worship. And after the fall of humanity into sin in the Garden of Eden, all of us are born into this world with an affinity, a magnetism, if you will, to worship everything else except God. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul warns young Timothy in his first letter to Timothy, chapter 6, verse 10, he says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil." It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Proverbs 11 verse 28 teaches us, whoever trusts in his riches will fall. I mean, I really can't elucidate much more on that. It's it's very plain. Whoever trusts rests upon, depends ultimately on. His riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. This is stark imagery here, stark imagery. The contrast is between the lush, green, lively leaves on a healthy tree versus the withering, crumbling, falling dead leaf that has been disconnected from the life 
life-giving nectar of the tree. We hear the warnings, and now we move to the constructive use of wealth and money. For remember, it's not a sin. It is not a sin to have wealth or money. And it's important for us as we move on to see the constructive usage of wealth and money. So question number three, how do we, how do we use wealth wisely? Question number three, how do we use wealth wisely? Well, Proverbs teaches us, I would suggest, three keen lessons for good, wise, healthy perspective on using wealth And of course, there are more than three. There's a whole lot more that could be said, preached, and taught about wealth from Proverbs. But I wanted to focus on these three in particular. And then they're they're in no specific order. But lesson number one, seek honesty and integrity in all your financial endeavors. Lesson number one, seek honesty and integrity in all your financial endeavors. A few weeks ago, I was having lunch with a couple I referred to as my Maryland parents. And yes, my mother, she knows that I called them that. Um, I had some Charlotte parents who they're with the Lord now too. And they received a phone call while we were having lunch where a person disguised as a representative of a very well-known company attempted to gain access to their financial information. Honesty and integrity were the furthest things from that person's mind. Proverbs 10 verse two says, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 21 verse six teaches, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Lesson number two, diligence, patience, and contentment are best. Lesson number two, diligence, patience, and contentment are best. Proverbs 10 verse four teaches, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 13 verse 11 says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever whoever gathers Little by little will increase it. And one more, Proverbs 21, verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. You know what it feels like to want something, to want something that you do not have enough money to purchase immediately. You all know what that feels like. You got to wait You got to work. You have to save for it. When I was 14 years old, I wanted to drive more than anything else in the world, more than eating food, more than buying comic books. I wanted to drive. I'd go outside and I'd sit on the corner of the house and just stare out in the space and dream of driving. (laughs) My My father used to say, he said, you'll be old soon enough. I didn't think I would ever get my driver's license, but eventually, of course, after taking driver's ed and doing all the driving uh, requirements uh, and turning 16, I did get my license. When I got my first truck, I had to get a job 
to pay for the insurance to be able to drive that truck. But the lesson I learned during that time was diligence, patience, and contentment. Diligence, patience, and contentment. My appreciation and, my, and, and care for having a license and a truck was a great experience for me because I learned to be diligent in study and work, patient during the process, and content with my life while I waited. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but it was a very good lesson. We can make disastrous mistakes, you all, when we are hasty and impulsive with our decisions. And that pertains to many things, not just the acquisition of wealth. Lesson number three, lesson number three, generosity goes a long, long way. Lesson number three, generosity goes a long, long way. Proverbs 11 verse 24 teaches, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, give and only suffers want. There are people in this world who love to give, and I love to see them give. They love to give of their time, their talents, their wealth. There are people who love to give also for the wrong reasons. We know that. But there are also people who love to give and share of their possessions and wealth, whether they have a lot or they have a little, but they do it for good, right, caring, godly, constructive reasons. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a young man who had been the recipient of having his college education paid for, not by his parents, not by people he grew up with, not by people who really, really knew him. He was talking with, well, I should tell you this, he was about to get married. He was talking with a couple about his desire to go, go to school, to get a, a specific degree for skill and career. But he was preparing also to get married and he didn't have enough money to pay for both. He was a hard worker, very diligent person. He is a hard worker and a very diligent person. And the couple, they listened to this man and they told him, we've got you covered. We've got you covered. They weren't related to him. As I said, he didn't grow up around them. They didn't owe him anything, but they wanted to love him and they wanted to help him. On the phone call, he said to me, Terrence, please tell them again for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because of their generosity, he said, I'm finished with school and I'm in the career that I think I'll be in for the rest of my life. He said, they helped me. Please tell them, I can't thank them enough. Remember Proverbs 28 and verse 22, a stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. There are no U-Hauls behind hearses. We've heard that lots of times, haven't we? Well, it's absolutely true. I've walked behind many uh, coffins to the churchyard, and there are no hearses behind them. Wealth will pass from us to others. At some point in time in this life, know that, be you a newborn or 103, wealth will pass from us to others. 
Which leads to Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. The point is generosity. It's wise to be generous and to think for the next several generations. I know many of you are planning for your children's college fund, and that is wise. And I'm sure there are even some of you who are preparing for the college education of your grandchildren or great-grandchildren. And I say to you, that is wise too. How we use wealth and money is a matter of the heart. We worship what we love, don't we? And we, we, we know what we love. People can figure out what it is that we love by watching how do we spend our time, our talents, and our wealth. Our immense danger and tendency, you all, is to love money and wealth more than God. As a result of sin, we are broken, as our confession said this morning, and our loves are broken. Jesus came to give us new life, new loves, and new direction for how we live in the light of God's kingdom in this world. Jesus also warns and teaches us about the usage of wealth and that is in complete agreement with Proverbs. The last question, question number four, what does Jesus say about wealth? What does Jesus say about wealth? And here I want you to consider three passages of Christ's teaching, and all of them reveal the great lesson that Proverbs is teaching us. How we use money and wealth is a matter of our hearts. Consider Jesus' teaching on wealth in Luke chapter 12. In verse 15, Jesus says, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. You know what covetousness is? I want what you have. I want what you have. Be on guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build larger barns. And there I'll store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, You've laid, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Where was the rich man's treasure? In his stuff, in his wealth. Consider Jesus' teaching from the parable in Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes, he sells all that he has and he buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is treasure. The kingdom of God is treasure. Now, don't hear me say 
Uh, Terrence, you tell us to give all our money to the church? Nope, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> the man has learned that life is about God, and he reorients his life to live a kingdom life in this world. The kingdom of God influences his decisions, including how he spends his wealth. Terrence, are you investing in the kingdom of God? My brothers and sisters here in here today and online, are you investing in the kingdom of God? Time, talent, and wealth. Lastly, consider Jesus' words about wealth in Matthew 6 and verse 21. He says, I'll give you the background first. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what's central there? The heart. The heart. Where is your treasure? Where is my treasure? It's not wrong, it's not sinful to be wealthier to have money, but the major concern about wealth coming from Proverbs in Jesus is does the love of wealth and money have the first place of priority and worship in your heart? And if it does, we must repent. God is to be supreme in our hearts. We can repent, we can ask God to forgive us, we can turn to God and we can start again. Through Jesus, you all, we can indeed handle money wisely and constructively. The scriptures teach us in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Sisters and brothers, may we worship God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and honor God with our wealth. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, Thank you for the book of Proverbs. Thank you for wisdom. We beg and plead of you, grant each of us, everyone in here, wisdom. Teach us to treasure you and your kingdom above all things as you are the priority of our worship, God. Make our decisions for finances and possessions. Honor you and the kingdom of Christ in our thoughts, our decisions, and our actions. We pray, God, you will get glory. This we ask in Jesus' name.